good morning, good afternoon, good evening. You're listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show. I'm your host, Kieran Mack, and thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to like this video if you're watching us on YouTube, and please do subscribe. We're also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and a host of other podcast players. Now that that's all done, let's jump into today's show. So let's start off where we always do, today's COVID numbers. There was a record 16,533 new COVID-19 cases, along with 133 fatalities confirmed over the previous 24 hours the public health reported on Wednesday morning. There were 16,331 in the general population and 202 among prison inmates. The death toll was at 4,303 in the third wave and 4,397 from the beginning of the pandemic early last year. The previous high of daily infections was 15,376 reported on Monday. Bangkok led the country with 3,997 new infections, followed by Samut Sakhan, Samut Prakan and Chanburi. And again, another record high for today. Yesterday we had a little bit of a drop, but it seems to have pumped right back up again, which is quite disappointing. Now, that leads us into the next story, the PM gauges the virus review. Prime Minister Priya Chanacha has estimated the intense COVID-19 situation will affect the country for the next two to three weeks, or four weeks at most, said Deputy Public Health Minister. Mr. Satip said General Priyut told this to Cabinet meeting on Tuesday morning, where the PM added that relevant agencies must let people know the reality of the situation. The country has logged more than 10,000 new cases daily in recent days, with daily fatalities is frequently topping 100. Mr. Satip said the Prime Minister has given a directive in 14 days the lockdown and the curfew will be reviewed and a decision will be made based on the severity of the situation at the time. Any decisions to step up the restrictions after 14 days rest with the Department of Disease Control and the Centre for COVID Situation Administration, he said. So the Prime Minister has become a clairvoyant now and he's just telling everybody when it's all going to end. I'd love to know where he got this advice from. I'd love to know what science this is based on and what trends they're basing their estimates on because currently the trend is upwards at the moment. It is certainly not downward, which I find completely odd to be making statements like this. But he's also the guy who stated that we'll be all reopening in 120 days with no plan to actually reopen in 120 days. I think what frustrates people the most is the lack of a plan. A lot of countries from what I've seen and heard around the country have a roadmap out of lockdowns set benchmarks where people can see what they have to do to get the restrictions reduced. But in Thailand, there seems to be nothing like that. It's just kind of a guessing game for the public. We don't generally know what numbers are acceptable for restrictions to be reduced. Is it 10,000 per day? 5,000 cases per day? Is it, you know, 50% of hospital capacity? What is the steps for us to be able to come out of lockdown? And I think that's a very important thing for people to know. Because without that, a lot of people, in my opinion, who are staying at home, trying their best, are losing hope. They're getting frustrated with this whole process. And I feel the government right now need to wake up to that reality. People do need information. They need to know what it will take for these restrictions to be reduced. And right now there's nothing from the government apart from words that don't seem to be backed up by trends or any kind of science. The Prime Minister can say anything he likes, but if he doesn't back it up, it doesn't mean anything. And that's a huge problem here. But what do you think about this? Do you think he's just pulling figures from the sky or do you think he actually has science behind this? Because personally, I think if they had science behind it, they would have presented. But I'd love to know what you think down below. 
Now let's jump into some Phuket Sandbox news. Phuket officials inch up COVID prevention measures. All schools in Phuket are to remain closed until August 16. Central Shopping Mall has been closed for seven days for cleaning and all local markets must enforce four square meters per person social distancing under the latest order from provincial officials to try curb the rise in infections across the island. The new measures were announced following a meeting of the Phuket Provincial Communicable Disease Committee chaired by the Phuket Governor on July 26. The measures were announced through a copy of the order posted online by the Phuket Office of the Public Relations Department just before midnight that evening. Under the order, all educational institutions on the island except private schools that have a maximum of five students per class are to be closed until August 16. Under the previous order, all educational institutions were to remain closed until August 2nd. The order also marks that the central Phuket shopping mall is to be closed for seven days for cleaning and that medical staff from the Phuket Provincial Public Health Office will conduct rapid antigen tests on all staff to determine whether they are infected with COVID-19. This is to protect our people as we have found some infected cases from the shopping mall. We just want to save Phuket. Anything we can do to save Phuket, we will do, said the Phuket Vice Governor Pierpong Chuang, as he explained this at a press conference yesterday before the order was issued. The number of new infected cases has increased to 30 per day. Any protective measures to make Phuket the safest place, we will not hesitate to use them, he said. The new order also mandated that all football and futsal venues and badminton venues to be closed with immediate effect. Fresh markets and walking street markets must limit the number of customers at the market and maintain social distancing of 4 square meters per person. The order also reduced the maximum number of people allowed to gather at an approved event from 150 people to only 100 people. Events or activities held by officials are exempted and what a surprise that would be the officials always get to have their own way while the rest of everybody else have to suffer basically let's look at this here they have closed the schools yet again so the children are suffering education wise central festival and floresta are now completely shut for a week now what's interesting about that closure is that previous to this announcement central were closing down for three days by themselves with no pressure and were planning to do a big clean which was announced on their own website now it seems that a number of staff within the central shopping mall have contracted COVID-19 now it wasn't so long ago that they were holding up banners outside of central floresta and festival advertising that they had reached herd immunity they were the first shopping mall in thailand to reach herd immunity and what a ridiculous thing to be doing because herd immunity is not based on a shopping mall and the size of it and it was just nonsense what they were doing but of course now staff are infected i think a lot of it does have to do with the choice of vaccine that many have received in the cinevac we shouldn't criticize that too much because Sometimes any vaccine is better than no vaccine at the moment, or that's what they're trying to convince us of. The measures uh, do not change any entry requirements. And to be perfectly honest, they seem like they're not really very stringent measures to control any kind of COVID on the island. Um, I think it's a case of they don't want to scare off the tourists that are there already or the potential tourists that may be arriving on the island in the next few weeks. Probably more to do with that. Another story coming out of the Bangkok Post, Sandbox gets dirty. Even with the pandemic in Thailand surging, including new infections in the Phuket Sandbox scheme, the country is unlikely to turn its back on reopening to tourists as the sector remains a lifeline for people struggling to survive financially during the crisis. Phuket reported 40 new cases on Tuesday, which is the highest since the Sandbox started. A full 191 virus patients have been admitted to hospitals on the island. 
Since the start of the Phuket Sandbox on July 1, for inoculated travellers, there has been 11,806 arrivals for the province, of which 26 people were detected to have COVID-19. The majority of new cases in Phuket are from residents, particularly those who fled from dark red provinces to islands with the hope of finding a job. Phuket remains the only province coded yellow, meaning requiring close surveillance, while most of the countries deemed dark red or red zones require maximum or strict control. The reopening initiative led hotel bookings for the province to a total of 278,623 nights between July and September. Even though the number remains a far cry from the 1 million visitors per month logged before the pandemic, it provides a glimmer of hope on the island, luring people who lost their job and are struggling to earn a living. The Phuket governor, Narang, assured the public yesterday the Phuket sandbox will carry on despite higher infections. However, the province plans to tighten screening for Thai travellers, requiring them to show both negative COVID-19 tests and proof of vaccination as more people flock to the province to find a job. After a discussion with the provincial governor yesterday, the province will not stop the Phuket sandbox. But we will have to stay on high alert and try to decrease the daily infections over the next seven days to allow the program to sustain its long run, said Yutasak Supason, governor of the Tourism Authority of Thailand. He said total cases might already exceed nine, which is one of the criteria listed to terminate or postpone the sandbox. But the province is convinced there's no other high infection factors, such as widespread transmission or insufficient hospital beds, that should temper a reopening, he said. We've had to keep this fortress steady, as the province is a test run for other destinations. For example, Samui has most of its international visitors flying from the Phuket sandbox rather than its Samui Plus model, said Mr. Yutasa. As of July 26, the number of vaccinated tourists who enrolled in Samui Plus totaled only 64, while those who finished a 14-day mandatory stay in Phuket and continued their vacation in Samui numbered 158. More islands in the Andaman Sea are hoping the sandbox can survive as the cabinet yesterday endorsed a plan to allow tourists from the Phuket scheme to travel to Krabi, Panya, and spending just seven days in Phuket. Krabi, which is a dark red zone, is preparing to open some of its COVID-free islands to tourists from Phuket. The province still has a low vaccination rate, as do most provinces. Sasitorn Kitakul, president of the Krabi Tourism Association, said while Krabi is one of the 10 pilot destinations designated for vaccinated foreign arrivals, without a 70% vaccination rate, it cannot resume reopening like Phuket. The TAT admits it needs an extra effort in public persuasion as the US, E, you and some countries in Asia downgraded Thailand from their safety travel list. We have to work two times harder to convince the international community Phuket is safe for travel, which is difficult when COVID-19 cases are peaking nationwide, said Mr. Yutasak. So let's look at some figures as of the 27th of July. We had 225 international visitors on the 27th of July who arrived on three flights, one Emirates and two Singapore airline flights. Of the 225 arrivals, 221 tested negative for COVID. On the same day, we had 180 people do their second COVID test, all were negative, and 233 people who had their third test and final test, and all were negative as well. As of the 27, a total of 285,802 room nights have been booked. And in relation to the vaccination progress in Phuket so far, we've had 412,732 have had their first jab, that's about 88% of the population, and 321,779 who are now fully vaccinated, and that's 69% of the Phuket population. It does seem, from reading these stories and what the Tourism Association 
Association of Thailand is talking about and the governor, they really do want to keep this Phuket sandbox scheme going no matter what. Now, even that's even with breaking their own rules that they've set, they definitely have reached the 90 caseload within a week. And it's pretty obvious at this stage. And it's pretty obvious there is an issue on Phuket with COVID infections. Now, isn't it enough to shut down the Phuket sandbox? I don't think so. I think the whole point of all of this Phuket sandbox was to vaccinate as many people as possible so we can do a trial run and see what exactly happens when we allow international tourism in here. But the problem and the huge mistake they made was not international tourism. The huge mistake that they made was Thai people. And as soon as the Thai people heard that Phuket was reopening and international tourists were coming in, well, suddenly they all started to return from the provinces that they live around Thailand in, many who had gone home to these areas and then decided to come back. And a lot of them who did come back were infected with COVID-19. Also, a lot of people apparently, and I don't have figures on this, but it has been mentioned that a lot of other infections came from family members of Phuket sandboxers. So maybe a wife or children who came to meet a family member who had traveled internationally, they also came down to Phuket and they also turned out to be positive. That has been spoken about as well. But it does seem to me that the authorities have been quite lax in relation to entry requirements for domestic travelers. They expect foreign travelers to do, you know, leaps and bounds to get into the country with multiple tests. And then before last week, you could basically turn up with a negative COVID test from seven days ago and you were allowed to enter the province. And that to me seems like a huge problem that they created themselves. Rather than saying, we need to have strict measures to get into the province. They didn't until very recently. And that also brings up this whole thing about what they call the Andaman sealed route that will be starting apparently in August 1st. It's quite difficult to understand exactly how it's going to progress. Now I can understand how you can do it for PP Island and Kauya Island, but I do not understand how they're doing it for parts of Panya province. When I look at the sealed route so far, it seems to be going from Kukloi all the way up to Nam Kem, which is a 60 kilometer stretch. And I have no idea how you make that into a sealed route. And as of yet, hoteliers in Kaolak and in these areas have yet to see any documents on how this will actually work with three days to go. So it's a bit like the Phuket sandbox before. Everything is done the last minute. Nothing is planned out in advance and it's all nonsense as usual. Of course, these provinces like Panya and Krabi are all dependent on the Phuket sandbox being kept open. Now that brings us on to a comment I read recently on Twitter and they were discussing that Phuket is probably one of still the safest places in Thailand, but really for how much longer. But the reply somebody put up was quite interesting. And it kind of read as follows. He doesn't buy the framing. The future of tourism in Thailand depends on mass vaccinations full stop. Everything else is just window dressing. So much time and money has been wasted on these pointless band-aid solutions. And I think he makes a very good point. How much money has been spent on this Phuket sandbox model from the developing of apps from all the websites that have been created from just the SOPs that have been written and the amount of time and effort that has gone into vaccinating pretty much the entire population ahead by the way of people who should be getting vaccinated before a lot of people in Phuket would have been. Was it fair that this whole program was opened up rather than 
focusing their efforts on getting the entire country vaccinated and opening it at the same time. I'm of the opinion now when I think back more about it. I think we saw the infections in Thailand were rising and it was probably not the right time to open up the Phuket sandbox. I think a better strategy and the more I think about it the more I'm starting to come to the opinion that a better strategy would have been to leave it till September October. Get as many people in the country vaccinated and then reopen. Because I think it's unfair in other parts of the country to see Phuket open for tourism while they still remain closed and maybe they are a tourist destination such as Hua Hin or Pattaya or Chiang Mai, Chiang Rai or even Bangkok. Areas like this are watching Phuket being let open, have tourists come in, having the focus put on them while their cities or province are left with no vaccines and the hope of international tourism dwindling away. I think a better option and a better plan would have been just to get this vaccination drive done, get everybody over 67 years of age done people who had underlying diseases get them done you know 20 year olds are healthy they don't get quite as sick as 60 and 70 and 80 year olds and that should have been something that maybe looked at a bit clearer but unfortunately here thailand is all about the gimmick the gimmick of the phuket sandbox the names the andaman seal route you know all these different names they're giving to all these projects and instead just vaccinate and open because that's what countries now have to do in order to survive. If you look in Europe, you look at America, they're all reopening now with very few restrictions. The most restriction is you either have a vaccine certificate or you have a COVID test. That's it. And that's the requirement in many, many countries right now. Vaccinate as many people as possible and then that allows you to open. Even though you see rates rising in some countries around the world, critical illness is not rising. So, and hospital, hospitalizations are not rising. So vaccines in themselves probably do work. They stop you from getting very sick. And it's not the main thing we need right now is to stop people from getting sick. I hear a lot of people talk about, oh, vaccines, it's not a vaccine, you can still get COVID. You can still get the flu after getting vaccinated too, but it reduces how sick you get. And I think that needs to be Thailand's focus right now not on these gimmicks that they've got going on around the country. Get the country vaccinated and reopen it. Now, I'd like to know what you think about all this. Do you think that the Phuket Sandbox is a great idea, or do you think they should have eased back on it, focus on vaccinating as many people as possible, and then reopening the entire country at one time? I'd love to know your thoughts, if you could leave them down in the comments section down below. Singapore aiming to start quarantine-free travel in September. Singapore aims to relax more virus curves, including starting to allow quarantine-free travel in September, marking the first time it set out a timeline to reopen borders that have been mostly shut for more than a year. The Southeast Asian city-state expects to have fully vaccinated 80% of its population by then, placing the nation in a solid position to move forward with reopening, Finance Minister Lawrence Wong told Parliament on Monday. That will allow authorities to ease measures, including allowing larger gatherings of fully vaccinated people. The country also will be able to start reopening borders and establishing travel corridors with other countries or regions that have infections under control. While other countries may have come to terms with a certain level of COVID-19 cases and even deaths, this is not the choice we want to make in Singapore. At the same time, there is no need to wait for everyone to be vaccinated before we begin to open up. That would mean holding back the entire reopening timeline until much later in the year, which is not tenable, said Wong. One of the world's success stories in containing the virus, Singapore has suffered a setback in mid-July after infections spread in karaoke lounges and a, f- and a fishery port that supplies produce to markets all over the island. More than 1,000 people 
have been affected in the cluster, and the city set a daily record of local virus cases. Singapore was aiming to have a two-thirds of the population vaccinated by its August 9th Independence Day, after which it planned to ease more measures. But the outbreaks and growing concern that 200,000 elderly have yet to be vaccinated prompted authorities to tighten curbs raising questions as to whether the city-state was deviating from its reopening path. The answer is a clear no. We are determined to get to our destination of being a COVID-resilient Singapore. But our journey must take into account public health realities, Trade and Industry Minister Gan Kim Yong said in a separate speech to Parliament. Sometimes we may need to take a detour if we see hazards ahead. This way we can ensure that we will get to our final destination safely, even though it may take a little longer. Authorities will review existing virus curbs in early August, based on factors such as the overall infection rate. A positive outcome will allow the government to ease some of the measures, but only for vaccinated people, Wang said. Once key inoculation levels have been reached, Wang said, fully vaccinated people may be able to travel without serving a 14-day hotel quarantine on their return. Depending on the risk level of the country's visit, quarantine can be replaced with a rigorous testing regime, or the quarantine can be shortened to seven days and served at home. Unvaccinated individuals can also travel but will have to quarantine. And there you have it, a country that has a plan on how to get back to a reasonable level of normality. And I think it's something Thailand should be looking at as a model. Singapore at least have decided on key benchmarks for the reduction of restrictions and a plan to actually vaccinate people and get the country reopened in a safe manner. And finally, an American has been charged for not wearing a face mask at a Taco Bell in Pattaya. A 33-year-old American man was recently charged for not wearing a face mask at a Taco Bell on Pattaya. Earlier this month, the expat and another foreign resident got into a heated argument at the soft opening of a Taco Bell over whether to wear a face mask while in line in order to order food at the fast food restaurant. After being confronted about not wearing a mask, the American shot back at an older expat, telling him to go F a prostitute and threatening to beat him up. Videos of the incident were widely shared on social media. Thailand's Immigration Bureau decided to step in and take action. In Thailand, it is mandated by law to wear a face mask when you are out in public. Fines can range from 1,000 to 6,000, up to a maximum of 20,000 baht. Reports don't mention how much the American empathia was fined. In a live press briefing streamed on Facebook, the Immigration Bureau said officers from the Bureau as well as from the Chanburi Provincial Police went to the man's condo where the expat allegedly admitted that he was the same person in the video. Reports say officers detained the man and took him to the local police station where he was formally charged with unhygienic activity, potentially spreading a dangerous infection for not wearing a mask. Charge is listed under Section 34 of Thailand's Communicable Disease Control Act. Now, I don't know if anybody's seen the video, but I'll leave a link down below in my description. Just scroll down and... Uh, You'll see the story with the link there. And I'll play the sound at the end of this for people who are listening on the podcast. I, I have to be honest, I don't know what to make of this. Now, firstly, the um, American man is with another foreign lady. And when I look at the video, I realize that she actually has the masks in her hand. They're just not, have chosen not to wear them in the Taco Bell while ordering the food at the register. Which in Thailand is you know, right now against the law, you are mandated by Royal Gazette printing to wear a face mask. And there are severe penalties for that. So that's the first thing. So the guy is in the wrong. There's no doubts about it. 
Now, the other expat who pointed out and decided he wanted to get into an argument with him, I think a little common sense. The uh, American not wearing the mask is a big, big guy. And when I mean big, muscly big. And I'm not sure I would have been as brave as he was to tell him. But to be frank, frank and honest, I think I read somewhere that the staff had also asked him to put on the mask and he kind of was refusing to do so. Look, this is Thailand. It's not the country to come and try, as a foreigner, to come and try break the law in. Foreigners are always singled out. And if you get yourself in a situation like that where you're going to be on video, well, you need to expect that you're going to get bad publicity from it. And this guy has. I mean, at the end of the day, it's not a good thing to have on your immigration record that you broke, even if it's a minor act or law. But it still could be there. And it could, in the future, be problematic for him to renew a visa. Who knows, you know? These kind of things are things you need to, as a foreigner, stay away from. Now, for me, I go out, I wear my mask, I follow the rules because I don't want to get fined and I don't want to be that guy on the video, the only foreigner not wearing his mask, okay? You don't want to be that guy and, and that's the truth about it. Now, this fella, when you see the video in the link and listen to it, you'll see he's nuts. He goes on about how much money he makes and he makes more money than the other guy. It's like listening to children fighting. The American guy comes across as being quite childish in his banter with the British expat. And, you know, I mean, when you listen to it, it's kind of, it's kind of cringeworthy at times. You're, you'd be like, Jesus, you know, could you, you know, you're not a child, man. You know, oh, I got more money than you. Look at me. I can do what I want. I don't know. It's just a weird, weird video. And I, and really, I wish we had seen the beginning of it and how it all started. But yeah, no, it's funny. But just listen to it, watch the video, and I'll let you decide whether who is in the right in all this. Leave your comments down below in the comment section. Thanks for tuning in today. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe. And don't forget to leave us a five-star rating. We are available on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you tomorrow.